0: sasha hey courtney my doctor says i have a super rare allergy to christmas decorations oh really what is it called well she says i have tinselitis ah it's spoop hour
1: Hour, a paranormal comedy podcast hosted by two Christmas weenies. This is Sasha. This is Courtney. And, and it's the
0: week of Christmas. It sure is. So, Merry Christmas, Spoopingtons who celebrate. Hanukkah has come to a close. So, mm-hmm. happy Hanukkah, Hanukkah Spoops. And happy hope- almost New Year. Yes, yeah. it's almost upon us. Yes, we hope you had a lot of latkes
1: and tasty foods and eggnog. Mm-hmm. And- Remember to eat your Christmas cake starting on Christmas Eve for all the good luck. As always, find us online on social media at Spoop Hour on Twitter and Instagram and email us at spoophour at gmail.com. Let's also plug our Patreon. Today we spent like two hours playing Among Us with some of our patrons. So thank you for that. That was really fun. I am never going to be the imposter apparently. No, but I'm going to just keep killing you. <laughs> yeah, Courtney so. killed me so many times. I killed you twice. <laughs> it was so. very shocking. But I always liked being a ghost with you because we were both just like, ah. <laughs> we'd just hang out in the
0: ghost chat being like, hey, ghost me. And I'd be like, hey, Polter Sasha. And we just, you know. Hung out. And we'd
1: go to our tasks. (laughs) It was nice. It was basically like real life. Yeah. Thank you for, in the last round, watching me while I did my tasks so I wouldn't be murdered. Yes. But then you got murdered. I'm sorry. That's fine. It's because the
0: person who was the imposter followed me from watching you to where I went to do my tasks. So... I'm sorry. It's fine. But the other tip that I have is since weapons is a visual task, if Mm -hmm. you stand and watch someone do it, you'll know if they fake it or not because the
1: weapons go off. So that was also my way of verifying that you weren't the imposter. Okay, cool. I so. As you guys were talking about visual tasks, today was the first time that I was playing. Mm-hmm. I usually watch people, well, by people I mean the Game Grumps play Among Us, and so right. I still am, like, not that familiar with the visual tasks, because sometimes those don't get picked up by, like, whoever is recording the game. Yeah. So I was kind of like, huh? And also, yeah. I've only watched the other map, the one that has, like, the lava.
0: Oh, yeah, that's yeah.
1: Yeah. Polis. Polis, which is yeah. Which my, I've my personal favorite map, but... yeah. But maybe next time. Yeah. So yeah, join join our Patreon and play Among Us with us. Yes, <laughs> and you'll really also fun. hear me scream at Sasha about Twilight, and we're we're gonna yeah. eventually record
0: something about snacks. We are, yeah. All kinds of, kinds of good bone cone. So go check out our Patreon. Did anything spooky happen to you this week, other than me repeatedly murdering you?
1: Uh, yes, you repeatedly murdering me. Oh uh, no, it's finally winter break. But I good. will say I've had some very vivid. Weird dreams lately. Not maybe not necessarily nightmares, but today I had this strange dream that I was late for our Among Us party, but our Among Us party ended up being in person, and it was a murder mystery party. And I was like, oh, "This no. is weird." But then also before that, before I like was able to come to the party, the dream that I had was where like for some reason I was living in Harrisonburg and like near the frat houses and the toilet for my house, was in my front yard. Oh, no, I hate just toilet dreams. I, yeah, I really hate toilet dreams. It was just really deeply unsettling, and so I woke up and was just like, "Oh." <laughs> but, oh, and I guess, like, one scary thing, not spooky thing, but Mona almost got out the front door yesterday no. for the first time, like, since we adopted her a year and a little change ago. Mm-hmm. She, I think the door popped open because it didn't latch all the way the screen door, and we, were, we came back from taking the trash and we saw her head sticking out and like one of her paws. And we are like, Mona, no! And then she tried to back up but her head got stuck in the door oh, frame. No. And we were like, no! So she was like so freaked out. But we managed to get her back and then I almost cried because I was like, don't leave me! <laughs> so Aww. that was a scary thing that happened to me. But yeah. how about
0: you? Anything spooky? Mostly just nightmares. I had a toilet dream the other night where I was using a public toilet but the way it was <laughs> set up is where my butt was, was making the toilet flush. Oh, no. Just because, like, for some reason, the flusher was, like, where your butt goes on a toilet. No!
1: (laughs) And so I was like,
0: all this water is splashing Splashing on me. Splashing on my butt. Nothing I can do. That was rough. And then I also had a nightmare that someone... One of the members for the organization I worked for had brainwashed staff to try and kill me. So whenever oh, no. we said the name of one of our events, they'd try to kill me. So like my one coworker was putting stuff on my chest to crush me. It was not ah. great. Did not care for it.
1: I, but I don't anyways, care for that. You know,
0: pretty tame in yeah. terms of spooky things. I cleaned our basement yesterday, Ooh. which there were a lot of dead crickets, but no spiders. Ah.
1: So no spiders, good. I'll take this- dead crickets. This morning I received some crocheted garland that I like Christmas garland that I ordered from one of my friends, Mm -hmm. and I went to go hang it up and I stuck my hands straight into a spider web. (laughs) I "I hate this. Well, I'm hungry. it's like Christmas luck. So yeah, they are. I just was like, oh no. (laughs) (laughs) I took a, a pair of scissors. That that's all I had, like, next to me, and mm-hmm. just, like, kind of wound it around the spider web and made cotton candy, and it was disturbing. <laughs> just like in Shrek. Just like like in Shrek. I was just being resourceful. Yeah, it's fine. What are we talking about today? <laughs> we're talking about Christmas traditions, or interesting, like, holiday, holiday times traditions.
0: Yeah, we're doing weird winter celebrations, weird Christmas traditions. yeah. Odd festivals you may not have heard of, kind of a hodgepodge of general festivities.
1: Yeah, just keeping it festive, because it's festive time.
0: It's festive times, you know. No matter what you celebrate, we hope you're doing it safely and are feeling very festive. And even if you aren't feeling very festive, that's okay, and we hope you're, you know, hanging in there.
1: And My favorite thing, though, is like, as I was was looking at the, you know, some of the research for the Romanian bear dancing it just kind of reminds me of in what northern Japan when they do the New Year's thing with all the guys dressed up like the demons to come in and like yeah, yeah, yeah. scare the kids. It sort of reminded me of that that it's like warding off evil spirits but then also like you're wearing a big furry costume.
0: Yeah, the um, Namahage,
1: sorry. right? Namahage, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: Nice. Yeah. Well, to warm us up for weird winter festivities. I know last year and we And also did... it's cold. And also it's cold. So it feels fast. And, like, if you look out, it's not going to snow today, but where we are, if you look out the window, it looks like it wants to. Yeah. like We got
1: some pathetic snow this week. And then somehow every other area around us, except in our county, got, like, winter wonderland levels of snow. And we got...
0: We got, like, light powdered sugar dusting,
1: which was cute. And then it rained. And then it, uh, yeah, and then it freezing rained, so then we got ice. But yeah.
0: <laughs> that was that was not great. That's,
1: that's but the story of Northern Virginia. And alas. not even Northern Virginia, just the Northern Virginia that touches the Potomac River.
0: Yep. <laughs> anyway, since last year we played a game that was a refresher course on Christmas monsters. Yeah. I believe it was called Ghost of Spoop Hour Past. Yeah, I think so.
1: That Something like right.
0: that. Kind of in the same spirit, this is a game that I technically put together for my meetup group, but is definitely 100% relevant to Scoop Hour. This (laughs) game is called Festive Tinder for Christmas Monsters. So I'm going to read you eight Tinder bios that I, that not I wrote, but that Christmas Monsters wrote. And then you have to tell (laughs) me which Christmas monster you're about to swipe right or left on. And then for an added fun bonus, tell me if you would swipe right or left. (laughs) Okay. <laughs> Ready? The first yep. one. Fashion is my life, so if we're going to work out, you need to rep new clothes at least once a year. Otherwise, I might get hangry.
1: Oh, my God. This is that. Yeah, I know who this is. I've, we've, we've talked about. I can't think of their name. You've got but it. But you have, have, you have to have nice clothes and new stuff on. I to, do.
0: What kind yeah. of an animal am I? Oh, God. One lives in your house
1: oh a cat no a dog yes
0: yes i'm what (laughs) kind of cat christmas cat
1: yule cat there it is (laughs) the
0: one that was on our on our christmas card last year yes so this is yalakoturin the icelandic cat who eats you if you don't get new clothes for christmas would you swipe right or swipe left right's the good one i'll swipe right right
1: because i'm pretty sure i'll get some kind of new clothes for christmas
0: yeah i think that's a good bet and i think i'll be safe Plus, it's a kitty, you know.
1: It's a kitty. Wonachan can can have another friend. (laughs) Yeah. Are you
0: a foodie like me? I'll make you a stew you'll never forget. Just ask my 13 sons.
1: Oh, my God. Oh, no. Why am I forgetting? This sounds so familiar. She's also from Iceland. Iceland. And... Teen Sons. Oh my god, we've talked about her. <laughs> I
0: should I need have to, like, given listen. you the same tip that I gave my meetup group, which is read up on Christmas monsters. But I did it. Yeah, I should have just like asshole. listened to all of
1: our past Christmas episodes. <laughs> <laughs> it's can you? It, it starts with a g. 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 I was gonna say like Grimhilda.
0: No, Grr gr- sound is correct. Grr. Gr-
1: gr- 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 Grumple's still skipping. <laughs>
0: where 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 did my shingles target? Oh,
1: gra- gri- Gryla. Gryla. Yes, you yes. did it. <laughs> I
0: did it. <laughs> so this is Gryla, who is a troll who lives in Iceland. And if you'll recall, she snatches up naughty children, brings them back to her cave, and makes them into a stew. Yummy. Yummy, yummy, yummy yummy, 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 yummy. All right, the next one. Oh, would you swipe right or left on Gryla? Oh, left. <laughs> I think that's a good call, because I recently did some more reading on Gryla and she's been married like three times and she's been unfaithful a couple of times and as we all know if they'll cheat with you they'll cheat on you
1: on you yeah so
0: just swipe left on Gryla just swipe left just swipe left (laughs) (laughs) if you want to get with me you'll need to be cool with my 12 brothers we get up to some crazy mischief in the lead up to Christmas and make mom proud
1: these are cryless kids.
0: <laughs> yes. What are they called?
1: Oh, my God. Are they the little... They're not the little ones who are... They're not, like, the little gnomes, are they? No. No. These are... They have a similar naming convention
0: as Yola katurin There are 13 of them. 13 katurin <laughs> <No. laughs> Yes. No, yes. they're they're chaps. What's another word chaps. for, like, chaps? Oh. La... I almost said it. <laughs> you almost said it. What time is it? Not right now. Don't say 4.15. That's not correct. <laughs> Christmas time. <laughs> yeah. What's another name for Christmas? Yule. Yes. Now, second word, chap. Like Yule chap. But, like, it's like chaps, but it's a different way of saying, like... Yule Lad. Yule Lad! Yes! Yes! the Yule Lads, <laughs> 13 kids who come in the lead up to the Christmas and each lads. one does a different kind of mischief. My the favorite one is Spoon lads. Licker who licks all your spoons.
1: <laughs> absolute Yule <your> Lads.
0: <laughs> I love spending time with kids, especially sharing with them my special hobby of collecting birch branches and going on long journeys to hot locations. Oh my god.
1: You know this one. I
0: know this one,
1: and I can this see is like them in my the OG lines.
0: everybody refers to, Saint Nick. No, the bad no, kind of the OG. Bad. Oh, pff,
1: these Krampus. are monsters.
0: Yes, it's Krampus. Yeah, Krampus. <laughs> I also forgot to ask you if you would swipe left or right on a Yule Lad. Uh think for me it would depend on which you'll add it would
1: would depend on which you'll add yeah because
0: some do like weird shit but like the spoon liquor one that's kind of funny like we
1: could do we could do like fun little like little activities together and that would be fine yeah but the ones
0: who do like the killing stuff i don't know yeah no thank
1: you i would definitely swipe left on krampus although here's some trivia krampus spelled backwards is sup mark it sure is (laughs)
0: You heard it here first, folks. Stop, Mark. <laughs> also, Krampus, I know we all know that he beats children, but did you know he usually beats children with birch branches? Not just any branch, but birch. Birch branches. Yeah, he's a real birch that way. <laughs> Likes include rap battles, rhymes, and visiting houses on New Year's Eve. Dislikes include people who don't let me into their house because I'm a little on the thin side.
1: Vampires, no. <laughs> The hip-hop granny. No, vampire. this was this
0: was a featured creature years ago, oh, I think, in our first yeah. Christmas episode. I played you a song about it.
1: Yeah. It's Welsh. Oh, Lord. I should have reviewed. <laughs> 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 That's what I'm learning from this game, is I should have just gone back and listened to, like, all the Christmas episodes ever. That's true. That's true. I don't know. I forget. That's
0: fine. It's Mari Luad. Oh, it was Mari. the, the yeah. horse skull on a the stick with the ribbons. Skull.
1: Yeah, that kind of reminds me of the horse spirit in Breath of the Wild.
0: Yeah. I like Mario
1: out. Yeah. Would you swipe right? Swipe right.
0: Yeah. I don't think I would, just because I would get tired of, like, rhyming back at them. And then they'd yeah. come into my house and I wouldn't want them, like, I'd I'd want them to leave at a certain point and they wouldn't. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Maybe it's so like a first then. date who's like well i'm in your house now so i guess i'm spending the night it's like i, no, I really don't want you don't. to i gotta be up early and i've got laundry uh, oh,
1: my house is really oh, messy is the time? Oh.
0: Hmm. Just got, i'm beat anyway it's your house <laughs> now i guess <laughs> don't judge a book by its cover i know oh. i'm not much to look at but look beyond my rags and filth to see what really matters the whip and cakes i carry at all times whips and cakes yes
1: like that rihanna song but cakes and whips excite me (laughs) um i do like cakes that's not saint nick this is a monster saint nick does not carry a whip except maybe the version of him that owns slaves that one might but that one sucks so yeah oh shoot i forget I'm doing badly. <laughs> that's okay. okay, but I'm learning so reviewing so much. <laughs> ding 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 ding. Bell bells. What's a kind of
0: cookie that you roll in cinnamon sugar?
1: Snickerdoodle.
0: So it's bell snick. Oh, bell-s- what's this letter? Bell snickel. Yay! Yeah, bell <laughs> And That's the German and Pennsylvania Dutch figure who punishes misbehaving children by beating them with schnickle. a
1: whip. I but bet. I bet Dwight Schrute talks about this on The Office.
0: (laughs) He does, actually. He dresses up as Belsnickel once. That's, yeah. Yep. It's okay. We'll get him (laughs) next time, champ. (laughs) Would you swipe left or right on Belsnickel? I think I'd swipe right just because I like cakes, and I don't think I'd be an asshole. And I think you could probably train him to clean himself and, like, dress better.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Anyway. Three rules to dating me. One, support me trying to destroy the world every year. Two, bring your own saw. Wait, how many rules was that? Let me start again.
1: Can't count. Wants to destroy the world. Mm Mm-hmm. How like men. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, you're right. It's just all men. It's just all men. Why are men? No one knows. Can we do a word puzzle? Can you help me sound it out? (laughs) Okay. I'm using my phone to contact you.
0: I'm giving you a... Ring. No. No. A call. Yes. <laughs> it's the final sound in my name. Kali. Mm-hmm. It's a philosopher who cited a lot on The Good Place. Kali Sart. Good guess, but a different philosopher. Oh, damn it. First name, Emmanuel. It kind of sounds like you're saying... The contraction of cannot but fancy, oh, Kant, yes, yeah, Collie Kant, oh, I really backed myself into a corner with this sound in the nineties, if you huh? were too cool to say the full word for pizza, you would just yeah. sh- yes, it'st it's Pam's original fiance on the office Kali Kansaroy. oh Yay! I remember Kali Kansaroy. yeah it's the Kali Kansaroy. so these are those little Greek demons who try to saw through the tree of life uh, every year yeah. and on Christmas they can come to earth but you can distract but them with a calendar. they forget how to count because they can't count past three because three is a holy number yeah
1: alright All and this Kansaroy. is the
0: last one and then <laughs> your your sadness can end <laughs>
1: I'm having fun. I'm just very dumb.
0: <laughs> I'm having fun, she said, sadly. <laughs> I, I'm just dumb. <laughs> uh, would you swipe left or right on the Kali Uh,
1: Left. Yeah, I think to so, count. too.
0: They don't know how to count and, like, not to be not to be a judgmental jerk, but, like, come on. Three's They're trying not to destroy that the tr- And yeah. also, all they do is try to saw through that tree. Yeah. And it's like, I want to go out and get some za, bro. <laughs> you know? All right, last one. Here we go. Bake me a cake and we'll get along just fine. Just don't get on my bad side or you'll bring out the witch in me and really feel it in your gut.
1: Oh, no. Witches. Yes. Christmas witches. It's
0: just, I mean, it is a Christmas witch.
1: Yeah. Christmas witch. The Christmas witch. <laughs> I
0: mean, I'll take it. Do you want to play a word game? Yeah, I it? want to play a word game. Okay, it's German for... Mrs., I believe. Frau. Yes. And then the second one, the coffee shop in friends is called... Perk. Central Perk. Yep. So it's the second Frau-perk. word. Frau Perk. And then... Frau Perk. Frau Perk. If you were going to say target in Japanese... Target. The first syllable. Ta. Yes, it's Frau Perk da up <laughs> <laughs> i was trying to think of a japanese word that started with ta and i couldn't think of anything <laughs> See, it's hard it's hard ta. it would be easier if i were just having a conversation and then needed a word that started with ta but right i was like what's a japanese oh, word fuck. that starts with ta completely blank completely blank N- second syllable in i wata
1: duh <laughs> duh <laughs> Anyway, that was that was the game Festive Tinder for Christmas Monster. And I would swipe left on her. She sounds terrifying.
0: I mean, you just have to bake her a cake and she'll be nice to you. But That's if you're true. mean to her or she gets mad at you, she will cut open your stomach and fill you with stones and straw. So it's a high-risk, high-reward scenario. Yeah,
1: but see, I, just, I, I have to bake her the cake. She's not baking it for me. She's not like the other one.
0: That's true. Yeah. Belsnickel brings his own cake. But yeah. for me, who regularly bakes, like adding another cake to the rotation, who cares? Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's like, okay, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Are you ready to talk about weird holiday stuff and I am. festivals and Christmas? I am. This all comes from, and this is going to sound very impressive, but it came from one website huh. called mycheckrepublic.com. <laughs> so, Everything I'm about to tell you is from one website. I fact-checked it a couple of times to make sure that, like, this one website wasn't fucking with me. <laughs> but the bulk of this research is from mycheckrepublic.com. So we're going to talk, in case it wasn't clear from the site that I just talked Talking sourced, about the Czech Republic. We're talking about the Czech Republic's Christmas traditions, which are unique. <laughs> to say the least. To say the least. they are wow. They are something. So, in the Czech Republic, there are a number of unusual customs that are observed as part of Christmas Eve. So, Christmas Eve is the traditional night of the Czech Christmas dinner. Mm -hmm. So, like last week, we're going to be talking a little bit about food to start with. We're just going to keep that food train rolling. And this is also going to be helpful because it's going to give you a couple more good luck foods to eat. Oh, hell yeah. So, just really, really good luck Mm -hmm. carbo-load, essentially. (laughs) First, no lights should be lit in your house until the first star comes out. So sit in the dark until you can see a star in the sky, and then you can turn the lights on. In terms of setting up for dinner, you need to make sure to set the table for an even number of guests. Because if you have an odd number of seats at the table, you can cause bad luck and death. So if you have a family that consists of five people, if it's a safe year and you're able to have people over and you have seven people coming over... You are supposed to set an extra plate for surprise guests or to potentially invite in somebody who's in need,
1: but mostly it's so you safeguard yourself against the odd-numbered bad luck. That's a good point for me, because this year, since it's not safe, we're not putting my family and Jack's families together Mm -hmm. for Christmas. We're going to one family's house and then the other family's house, but when we split it up, instead of having eight people in one household, it's five in both or, And three. Yeah. Or five, three and five in the other one. So we're going to have so, to tell everyone to put an extra plate set in. Yeah, setting. set an
0: extra plate out. And you can <laughs> say it's for whoever you want. You can be like, well, you know, I don't know if Beyonce's going to stop by, so I'm going to leave a plate out in case Beyonce, Beyonce stops, stops by. Beyonce stops by. <laughs> yeah. Which we all know, Beyonce always crashes your family Christmas, and usually uh, you have yeah. to turn her away. But yeah. this year, you'll set a plate for her, and she'll really appreciate it. <laughs> she will. <laughs> So you should, this is where it starts to get a little weird. (laughs) You should also tie the legs of your table with a rope, because otherwise thieves and burglars will come to your house in the new year. Amazing. So you just tie the table's legs together. I don't know how that protects you. Mm -hmm. I don't know how it stops burglars, but it does. So that's fine. Gives you peace of mind. Yeah. So just tie the legs of your table together for a hot second. When you are arranging the chairs, make sure none point with their back to the door, as that okay. is considered bad luck. So when you're when you're setting up your table, make sure to avoid the door with the back of the chairs. Okay. So everybody's just gonna sit in a line.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say my parents' house. Yeah, has you're gonna have to kind of cram on the one three. side. Of the table. we We're all gonna have to sit on one side of the table. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Yay. So now your table is set. You're ready to wait for Beyonce. The first star is out, which means you can turn the lights on and it's time for dinner. There's so many rules. Oh well, <laughs> there's it, more. I hope, I hope you split your time between following the rules of setting up and also cooking because your dinner must have nine courses.
1: I saw something. I didn't. I. It must have been the check last week when I was like trying to find different Christmas traditions for food Mm -hmm. i remember seeing someone talking about nine courses and i was like that's a lot (laughs) yeah that's
0: czech christmas nine courses so among these courses are traditionally bread with honey because honey was supposed to guard against evil Mm -hmm. potato salad and i found several recipes for czech potato salad fish soup carp fruit of any variety so this can be canned fruit dried fruit fresh fruit just Mm -hmm. some sort of fruit Dessert, which is usually either an apple strudel or a kind of braided Christmas bread called vanoka, and a few other courses. But I think it's kind of like choose your own for the remaining courses because I couldn't find a list of the other courses. Everything always said fish soup, potato salad, bread with honey, carp, fruit... And dessert, specifically vanoka, but nothing said, like, and these are the other three courses. So I think those are kind of, like, do you want a salad course, whatever. Yeah. And you can also put garlic under your table, because that will also help you ward off evil in the new year. Mm. Not not as part of the eating, just to, like, stick. Mm Mm-hmm. You also do not serve alcohol at any point on Christmas Eve. So no booze with brunch. Like, don't serve yourself a mimosa with brunch. Don't have an alcoholic hot toddy in the afternoon. No boozy eggnog in the evening. No alcohol on Christmas Eve. Also, no one should get up from the dinner table before the meal is finished. So if you have to pee, you hold it until everybody is done eating. Wow. Because... If you break either of these rules, you are risking bad luck and a death in the family. Oh, no. Yeah, so do you really want like, to keep your ass in that chair? Okay. You have to finish your nine courses and not leave anything on your plate except for crumbs and fish bones. So don't leave leftovers, like, clean your plate. You don't have to eat the fish bones. Although I did see a thing that said one of the reasons why they served the Christmas bread is because it was traditionally thought to help dislodge the fish bones in your throat. Oh. But that is 100% not like a recommended course of action. Please don't eat fish bones and then eat vanoka and be like, well, Spooko or said it was fine. We no, do not. Don't do it. We don't. Please say it. don't. So if you tell the <laughs> ER that, that's on you. <laughs> <laughs> so now you have your crumbs and your fish bones on your plate. You should take those. And bury them around trees, and that will ensure that your trees bear a lot of fruit in the new Mm -hmm. year. Also, when the meal is done, everyone needs to stand up at the same time, because otherwise, the first person to stand up will be the first one to die. No. So you want to, like, time it so everybody gets up simultaneously, because I guess that cancels out all of the death. That just reminds. like, I don't know who gets up.
1: Yeah, that reminds me of when we were in band and we'd do the sweets. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah, and everyone got up at the same time to go get dessert. (laughs) Yep. (sighs) Yep.
0: It also reminds me of, like, when we were dismissed in high school band. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so we'd have to stand at attention and then they'd be like, seniors go, juniors, sophomores, freshmen. And you had to wait until you were called, otherwise you'd get in trouble and you'd have to wait longer. Yeah. So... It's like that, but it's with Christmas dinner. And if you don't obey, you're not going to get in trouble. Somebody's going to die. die. It's like a super intense marching command. It's fine. (laughs) And you have to make sure that the pets of your house aren't forgotten. After the people eat, pets should be fed to make sure that no one goes hungry on Christmas Eve.
1: So my, like, my pets are the alpha. They eat first. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, not on Christmas Eve. On Christmas Eve, people eat first, and then you feed the pets. Okay. <laughs> so. And you also might want to, if you have goats, slip them an apple, and that will ensure that their milk will be sweet for the next Aww, year. Oh yay goats. So crunch, 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 and then you get sweet goat milk. Cows should be fed a piece of vanoka, the braided Christmas bread, mm-hmm. and that will ensure that they are productive all year and produce a lot of milk. Oh cows. And whatever crumbs you have left from the vinoka should be earmarked for your bees. So this is going back to bee lore bees. from bug lore a couple of weeks ago. These crumbs, when you place them in a beehive, ensure that the bees will make a lot of honey for the next 12 months. Oh yay! Right? That's so nice. So it's like the bees are still involved. Yeah, so, good. I love the bees. You should. Give them a little, a little bit of Christmas bread crumb, and they'll mm-hmm. be like, mm, I'm going to make extra honey. I got a little crumb. Mm. Yum, yum. (laughs) Fortune telling is also a key part of Czech Republic Christmas. And as such, there is more than one way to tell your fortune in an activity on Christmas. Mm. So... One is you take empty walnut shells and you make them into little boats. So oh. you just take your empty walnut shell and each family calls dibs on one shell. So that's your shell, right? Okay. Everybody in the family has called dibs on a walnut shell. And so then you stick a little candle in it. In mm-hmm. my head, it's a little tiny birthday candle, but it's just, got, it's just got to be one that fits in the walnut shell. Yeah. And then you float the shells on a bowl of water and if your shell makes it across the bowl without sinking, it means that you're going to have a long and healthy life. So you really oh. want to pick like a thin little candle so yeah. as not to sink your walnut shell. Huh. If your shell sinks, you're going to have bad luck in the new year. Oh. So presumably last year everyone in the world had their walnut shell sink.
1: Yeah, it, unless you're a billionaire. Yeah.
0: Unless you're a billionaire, in which you case you can afford got... a giant reinforced walnut shell that, of course, you could float a fucking Yankee candle in that thing and it's not going to sink.
1: <laughs> but that's cheating, so... And glass jar and everything.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> After Christmas dinner, you can engage in a little bit of fortune-telling by cutting an apple in half from the stem down. Okay. So half, half like a hot dog, not half like a hamburger. Okay. So... Vertically. That's another way of saying it, I guess. Vertically. (laughs) No, I'm like, like a hot dog. That's way clearer than saying vertically. (laughs) So if, once you cut your apple in half, look at the shape of the core. If your apple core is shaped like a star, it means Mm -hmm. everybody at the table will gather again next year and be happy and healthy when you all gather. If, instead, you have a four-pointed cross in the core of your apple, it means that someone at the table will become sick or die within the next year. Everything's
1: about death in this one. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. Someone's Republic, gonna die.
0: Czech Republic Christmas gets real dark real fast. Like,
1: my grandpa passed away this summer. I don't want to do all these things and see that someone else in my family is gonna die next
0: year. <laughs> yeah. Also, I was thinking about this and thinking about, like, apples that I've cut in half, and I don't know that I've ever cut into an apple and had a star shape. Only if I cut it horizontally. Yeah, horizontally, like a hamburger. Like a hamburger. Then it's like absolutely star-shaped. Otherwise it's just like the two seeds and it's kinda of shaped like a little mini apple in the middle. Yeah. Which the Czech Republic does not give an option for if you cut into your apple and there's a tiny apple tiny shape. Tiny apple inside. Here's here's what we'll do. Okay. This is the new lore. So <laughs> you heard it here first, folks, but like take this one and pass it along. We're starting this <laughs> rumor now. If you cut into your apple and there's a little apple shape, it means you're going to have a happy and healthy year.
1: Healthy and happy year. A
0: happle year. If a happle year. Yes. So if you cut into it and it's it's, it's the size of a little
1: apple, it's a happy year. year. You're having a happy year.
0: You're having a year and we're calling this episode happle year. <laughs> And then there are several very specific divination rituals at Czech Republic Christmas to foretell the most important thing. So what else could it be except when is a girl going to get married? There's nothing else that's more important. We got to find out when she's going to get a ring on that finger. So... On December 4th, which is St. Barbara's Day in the Czech Republic, unmarried women can cut a twig off a cherry tree and place it in water. That twig then has 20 days to grow, and if it blooms by Christmas Eve, that means that a woman will marry within a year. If it doesn't, she's not getting married this year. Ooh. So... If a spinster doesn't have access to a cherry tree, she can then shake an elder tree instead and listen for a dog's bark. So if she hears a dog bark, it means that her husband, one, she's going to get married within the next year, and two, the man she's going to marry lives in the direction from which the bark came.
1: So I'm going to shake a tree uh huh, and, and wait listen. for a dog to bark.
0: Yes, and then when the dog barks, like, walk in that direction, because you're that's where your future husband lives. That- so, like... Okay. <laughs> okay. Hear me out. I just had an amazing idea for some sort of like romance novel, lifetime movie, something. Yeah, I was gonna you know, say this
1: is so silly.
0: Yeah, so you can game the system, I guess, because like you can just be like, Hey, friend who has a dog, can you make your dog bark at eight PM? So then I go and I shake the elder tree and you make your dog bark at eight PM and then I'm like, Oh, my future husband lives there. But here's here's the rub, here's where it gets all lifetime movie and romance novel y I've had a crush on your brother since forever, right? But I always thought I never had a chance. And so I set it up so that, like, the bark comes from your house, except then the magic starts working. And then I'm like, oh, is it the magic or does he really like me
1: for me? Oh. Right? You're a wealth of Hallmark movie ideas. I
0: really, like, honest to God, I Lifetime. wish someone would
1: hire you. Yeah, just, like, pay me some
0: money. I churn these out like nobody's business. Like, <laughs> I would love to write. I do actually have partially written, um, probably never going to see the light of day. I have a partially written, like, Lifetime channel slash Hallmark channel movie. <laughs> it's called Magic on the Metro. It's not important. Do it. Why?
1: it. Shop it around.
0: Yeah, once I have to finish it. I have to rewrite part of it. So, Hallmark movies aside, she's going to marry the man from the direction the bark came from, right? But the most well-known and arguably the weirdest ritual for determining if a woman is going to get married in the Czech Republic on Christmas is the throwing of the shoe.
1: So Throwing of the shoe.
0: On Christmas Eve, single ladies grab a shoe and head out your front door. Stand with your back to the door while holding your shoe and then throw the shoe over your shoulder towards the door. If it lands with the toe pointing towards the door, it means that the person who threw it is going to get married within a year. If it's heel pointing towards the door, you're going to have to keep waiting. It's not going to happen next year. And that is Czech shoe throwing. So Czech Republic Christmas is something
1: that's a lot of traditions
0: yeah a lot of them are related to death and a lot of them are related to when is a bitch gonna get married when is a bitch
1: gonna get married
0: because that's the most important thing and it's like i'm sorry you have like 30 rituals that like can indirectly cause death how about we have a what's a bitch gotta do to not die this year <laughs> right
1: in czech republic that's what i want to know what a bitch gotta do to not die this year well anyway do you want to tell me about something? Yeah, let's talk about Romania's bear dancers. Yay! Yay! Very right. midsummer. So oh, very midsummer. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, like this is kind of like the Namahage tradition in Japan, but basically, there are so many different colorful traditions that they have in Romania. But in particular, the bear dances, I think, probably. One of the more awe-inspiring but also holy shit (laughs) 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 traditions. This tradition does date back to pre-Christian times, so it's a very long-standing one. Taking place oh sorry, my my research is from Dancing with Class, Culture Trips, Smithsonian Magazine. And then for my next section, it's also gonna be Business Insider, Atlas Obscura, and then my own personal knowledge about Kentucky Fried Christmas. But let's start with the the bears first. (laughs) Duh Bears. Bears. Taking place uh, every winter in villages and cities in Romania's eastern region of Moldova, the Dance of the Bear symbolizes the death and rebirth of time. Oh. Performed between Christmas and New Year's Eve, this ritual bl- brings together the whole community who gather to watch the performance. The Dance of the Bear will see men of all ages and increasingly in more recent years more women dress in real bear skins and dance to the rhythm of pan flutes and drums to ward off evil spirits and ring in the new year. Oh, I was
0: joking when I said it was very midsummer,
1: but it's very midsummer. Yeah, (laughs) like they wear the bear skins. Traditionally, the procession, which is like between six and 24 bears humans dressed as bears, would visit...
0: (laughs) I would love it if it was like six
1: humans and 18 bears and you had to figure out
0: who was a human
1: and who was a bear. (laughs) But yeah, these big groups will go and visit every household in the village, accompanied by up to three singing, quote, bear tamers, who are basically just characters wearing women's clothes and then also, like, drumming. No. Yeah, so there's... There's, like, a whole... It's basically this whole processional. You've got these bears, you have the tamers, you have the the drummers. And while this tradition is still observed in many smaller villages, in larger cities and towns, it's usually a parade that culminates in, like, a major performance in, like, the town center. So the bear costumes are complete with the bear head and large grinning teeth and decorated with two... Yeah, so it has like the teeth and everything. Oh my God, it's super midsummery. Yeah, I was gonna say, you sh- <laughs> I'll send you one of the articles that I use that has yeah. like the photos so you can put them on the Instagram because it was, it's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> like, it- but they have bears are also decorated with red tassels pinned to each shoulder. The ben ta- bear tamers will don red military style costumes and wear studded belts around their waists and high leather boots. And on their ha- heads, they wear these beautifully adorned red velvet caps with a big red pom pom. The musicians will wear traditional folk attire, which is usually white with embroidered black motifs and with red, yellow, and blue ribbons. And then the women's clothing will include like long pleated skirts, head scars, And the parade is announced by several cal- uh, carolers, young girls and boys called Erosi. And so the arrival of bears is announced by this small group of Erosi who blow whistles to a rhythm set by the head bear tamer. Chosen for his leadership skills, the head tamer is the main choreographer and director of the ceremony, so he decides when each of the acts are played and gives the cues to all the performers. So the bears dance to the beat set by the plan- pan flutes and the drums after practicing for up to three months before the actual day of the ceremony so this wow. is like a big production yeah. that they they plan for. And I'm thinking like even for like the namahage or any like Obon parades and stuff that have intricate dances in Japan like there's always a lot of training beforehand and it's the same for for this ritual in Romania as well so they' they've practiced for for three months and they the heaviest costumes will weigh up to like fifty kilograms. Wow, which is a lot. So that is a uh, hundred and ten pounds. So Damn. of of bear costume. These so these bear people are swole. Yeah, they're very swole. That's why I, I, it was like increasingly women are participating in this too. But it was largely men because costumes are hundred and ten pounds. It's like the the Scottish Highland Games. They're
0: yeah. they're doing. More and more women are getting involved
1: in that. And it's these like super ripped women, and it's incredible. <laughs> yeah. And so, because these costumes weigh that much, it requires strength, and you have to be able to also handle it with confidence and not look like you're being crushed under the weight of it. <laughs> and you have to look look fierce when you're performing too.
0: I would be the kind of bear that's just gonna like lay down on the ground and be like, "I'm hibernating." I want honey. <laughs> Every keep the parade There's going behind my tumbly.
1: I'm just gonna stay here. You guys go on without <laughs> me. You guys go on without me. I'll catch up. So the person wearing the costume stands up straight. And the bear looks up, like, while they're doing it, right? And then during the dance, the wearer then bends forward and shakes his or her body alternatively to the left and right, creating a swinging motion using the big red tassels on the shoulder and taking small steps either to the front or the side. So basically making it look like the bear is dancing.
0: They're doing Doing, the electric slide, but as a bear. But as a
1: bear. (laughs) During the ceremony, several acts are played, and in one of them, the bear tamers will hit the bears with whips made of horse tails, while the characters, dressed up as women, do so with sticks. And in the central act of the bear dance ritual, the bears die and then are resurrected to symbolize renewal, the end of the new year and the beginning of the new one. And upon resurrecting in the final acts, one of the bears is lifted on a stick by two of the characters wearing women's clothes, where he or she will continue to dance, lifting a round braided bread named Kolak. Oh, I wonder if that's anything like the Czech braided bread. Yeah, there's lots of braided breads in in Europe. (laughs) Hmm. So for the Gato Dacians, ancestors of present-day Romanians, the bear was a sacred animal with healing powers. and the life cycle, the bear was responsible for regulating seasons, entering hibernation before winter, and waking up in spring. Urs, the Roman word for bear, is also found in that of Ursa Major or Ursa Minor. The Ursa Major constellation's position is most closely connected to the succession of seasons as well. And So the tradition of the bear dance, preserved since ancient time, is still alive and gaining in popularity as well among young Romanians. Although a lot of them, the the traditions still are mostly confined to the mountainous and hilly regions of Moldova and Bukovina. So it's still, it's not all across Romania, but it's becoming more and more popular even with young people to kind of keep up the tradition. It's really cool. The photos are dope. I'll send you some of them. Yes, please do. Yeah.
0: I like it. Also, mm-hmm. how the Chicago Bears not adopted any of this? Like, I realize they probably right? don't want to adopt the whip, the whip part, or the parts where you're wearing an actual like bear skin. But yeah, come on, go Bears! Like, yeah. do the bar yes. dance. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Chicagoans,
1: for murdering your accent. Yeah, all of the our Midwestern listeners are going to be like, "What the fuck?"
0: <laughs> They're all going to be like, "Oh, jeez! Oh, no!" <laughs> Don't go, <make>
1: me... bears. <laughs> they're they're going to stop listening to us.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if the Irish haven't. I'm so sorry. <laughs> All right, are you ready to talk about Catalonia's cagatillo? Sure, yeah. Okay, this might be one of my new favorite Christmas traditions. It's one that I plan on celebrating if you have children with your children. Yes. Because I think they're going to want to do it, and in a second you're going to find out why. So this is courtesy of wanderlust.co.uk, Wikipedia, NPR, theculturetrip.com, and Slate. In the Catalonia region of Spain, it simply isn't Christmas without Tío de Nadal, the Christmas log. But unlike the more tame Yule logs, Tío de Nadal has a much saucier nickname and reputation, and is often called Cagatío, a.k.a. the poop log. Let's go. Poop log! So, Cagatío has evolved over time to be a little hollow log with wooden legs, a jaunty red hat, and a big happy face. Like these guys. Hello, Sasha. Do you want to celebrate Christmas with us?
1: (laughs) They look like Thomas the Tank Engine. They kind of (laughs) do.
0: But like log versions of Thomas the Tank Engine. (laughs) According to the lore, Kagatio shows up on the doorstep at the start of December, often coinciding with the Feast of the Immaculate Conception on the 8th. If he shows up at your house, you are to let him inside and take care of him for the rest of the month. Children are encouraged to feed him scraps of bread, dried beans, nuts, dried fruits, or orange peels in the early days of December. Hmm. On cold nights, Cagatio is wrapped in a blanket to make sure he is comfy and warm. In the last few days before Christmas, kids are instructed to treat Cagatio extra well and feed him even more. And then on December 24th, Cagatio's time comes. He is wrapped in a blanket covering his butt end. And he is partially stuck in the fireplace if one is available. Like, everything I read said that over time, that part of the tradition has kind of faded away just because the prevalence of fireplaces is less common now. Yeah, I was going to say, we don't have
1: a fireplace. We have a fire pit in our backyard, but we don't have, like, an actual proper one.
0: Yeah, so if you have a fireplace, you stick his butt end in the fireplace. If you don't, you just leave him wherever he is and you yeah. just cover the butt end with a blanket.
1: <laughs> and then Oh, the you're family... keeping his butt warm. I'm sorry? You're keeping his butt warm? Oh, you're smiling at me. Okay, I'll stop. <laughs>
0: Continue. <laughs> you do want to keep his butt warm, though. So the family gathers around him and sings the Kagatio song, which translated explains what's about to happen to Kagatio. This is the translation of the song Shit, log, shit nougats, hazelnuts, and mato cheese. If you don't shit well, I'll hit you with the stick. Shit, log.
1: <laughs> <laughs> shit, log. <laughs>
0: And then we get out the stick. The children beat Kagatio with sticks for a little bit and sing some more. Then the adults send the kids into another room, either to warm their hidden sticks or to pray. When the kids come back, there may be a stinky smell to show that the pooping is complete, courtesy of a well-placed herring under the blanket. When the blanket is removed... Kids find candy, figs and candied orange peels, cookies and small toys because Kaga was a successful pooper. Oh, my God. Do you see why I'm celebrating (laughs) this with your children? I see why you want to do this with my children. Yes. We're going to have the poop log, and we're going to hit the poop log, and then they're going to go into another room and, like, think about what they've done for a couple minutes, and then when they come back in, the poop log will have pooped out treats. Oh, my God. And, like, one of the things that poops out is, like, a very specific nougat treat. I think it's called tirón or something like that. Uh Uh-huh. And it's like it's it it's pretty much exclusively associated with Kagatio. Oh my god. It's amazing. So Kagatio started out as a pretty standard Yule log symbolizing the gifts of warmth and light given to the given by the earth in the form of wood for fires. So it's just like a way of acknowledging we couldn't be alive if it weren't for logs like you. Right. Eventually, this practice was commercialized into a log with a painted face and red hat because they realized they could sell you a log with painted face and red hat. And it looks like Santa, but a mm-hmm. log. Mm-hmm. But it's a log, yeah. So it kind of folded in like an old tradition and a new tradition. Mm-hmm. And then at some point, the tradition morphed into going into the woods and finding a log, bringing it home, and taking care of it until it gave back in the form of small gifts and candy. So it was like, mm-hmm. you know encouraging you to like be nice to this log and be nice to others because eventually you will get it back in return yeah so the log like thanks you for your kindness by giving you candy and stuff Interesting. but no one knows how that turned into pooping out candy and gifts yeah like i read multiple articles and every single one that interviewed people who were catalonian every single one of them was like yeah, nobody knows why it poops it out. It's just it's just how it is. He just poops out the toys, and he poops out the candy. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Nobody knows where that part came in. Are you ready for some even more fun from Catalonia? Yes. This isn't even only their only poop-related Christmas oh tradition. Oh, my God. So they also have Kaganer, who is a little porcelain figure with its pants down to poop in nativity scenes around the
1: region. I've heard of this because i like scatological humor and sure do. it like blew up on the internet a few years ago i think where people were like why is this man pooping in the nativity scene yes so i know why that man is pooping
0: in the, in the nativity <laughs> scene it's not to be like disrespectful or sacrilegious because yeah. you know a lot of spain is still very religious yeah. it's because Cagáner's presence and the resulting fertilizer that he brings ensures a prosperous harvest in the new year. So he's pooping so that things can grow.
1: Oh, my God.
0: That's amazing. And every year you can buy Kaganer in the form of public figures, including politicians and celebrities. So one of the articles I read, it was clearly from the year of the first royal wedding, the one in 2010, because they had a William and Kate figure of Kaganer where they were in their wedding outfits, but also their pants were down and they were pooping.
1: Oh, my Lord. (laughs) And
0: those... Oh, my God. Those I are Catalonia's thinking, poop traditions.
1: I, I've i never been religious, but mm-hmm. there have been, like, a lot of things this year where I, like, see people's nativity scenes and they always have, like, really strange and, like, unique or, like, accidental nativity scenes. And I'm like, mm-hmm. damn, now I want a nativity scene and I want a cagatillo.
0: <laughs> I mean, yeah, one, I absolutely want a cagatillo. Two, I'm sure... You all have seen at this point, but the minimalist nativity scenes, yes, those crack serious. me up. The ones where it's literally just blocks that say what each thing is on it, so there's, like, a block yeah. labeled sheep. I fucking oh, love that. That's hilarious. Did you see hilarious. the one that's just, like, a bunch of different balls. sized balls? hmm I love it. It's so, so funny. You know, and, like, my family, because I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure I've mentioned before I was raised yeah, Catholic. Catholic, my family has our, like, historic nativity, mm-hmm. except... At this point, full decades ago, one of our dogs would always steal one of the cows from <laughs> the nativity scene. Because, you know, there's animals there because they're, yeah. they're out in the, the, the
1: block yeah. that says sheep.
0: <laughs> the steals one of the blocks that say sheep. And so the butt is all chewed. <laughs> oh, no. But every year we still put it out. It's just, yep, that's the cow that Kalani chewed on. <laughs>
1: oh, my God. That's so funny. <laughs> so, oh, anyway, man. if you
0: have a minimalist nativity scene or you have pictures of accidental nativity scenes, email spoopower at gmail.com. I love Please. accidental
1: nativity scenes. They're really funny. If you have a cagatio.
0: Yeah, if you have a cagatillo or if you have a cagana on your family nativity scene, yeah. email spoofpower gmail.com. We
1: want to hear about it. I want you to do the pooping log tradition with my kids, but I, I also will. don't want you guys to hit the log.
0: <laughs> we won't. I'll think of something else where you have to just, like, rub the blanket over the log yeah, to warm like, them up to get yeah, the poop warm up going. The co-
1: yeah, warm up the little log or And then we'll send them into it. the other room. Be I'll nice send them to into it. the other
0: room and be like, you guys got to jump up and down, okay? Really warm up so that he can warm up, too. So I'll send oh, yeah. them into the other room and be like, run around the house a couple times. Yeah. And that's when we'll put the candy, put the candy under his butt. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. Do you want to tell me about Kentucky Fried Christmas?
1: <laughs> All right. So Kentucky Fried Christmas. <laughs> another thing that will make you poop. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> so Christmas well, yep, buddy, Kentucky or Christmas dinner is definitely KFC. Each year, millions of people across Japan will celebrate Christmas around buckets of Kentucky Fried Chicken. Families will order party barrels weeks in advance that come with coleslaw, shrimp gratin, uh, triple berry tiramisu cake, and of course, lots of fried chicken. And not just chicken, it could be chicken strips, chicken nuggets, really just like all the fried You're ordering a huge party pack. Sure. And then the Colonel Sanders statues outside storefronts will be dressed as Santa throughout December, as KFC earns the chain a third of its annual income. So, what? Yeah, Kentucky Fried Christmas is so big that it covers a third of their annual income. That is, that is mind-boggling. Isn't that bananas? That's how popular it is. It's in one, one week. Of, yeah. It's Japan one of Japan's longest standing Christmas traditions and That's amazing. You think about this Japan's a very secular country so they didn't mm-hmm. have Christmas traditions until about well I'll, I'll get into it but basically yeah. in the 1930s and so it's it's pretty bananas that it's that big even now. Yeah. So as with most Christmas traditions it's basically just a marketing campaign. For years, English language media would cite company spokespeople who basically said that the idea came from expats who came to Japan and they wanted like an alternative to a turkey dinner for Christmas. But basically, that wasn't kind of that that wasn't doubted for a really long time until the actual person who brought KFC to Japan spoke up a few years ago. And this is Takeshi Okawara, who is the manager of Japan's first KFC. And he confessed that, basically, it started with kind of a marketing lie. And KFC, Japan, Mm. is still kind of, like, denying this, but because they've made such a, like... They get it, it a third of their of revenue it. from it. Like, it's a whole... Yeah, it's a whole thing. But here's here's Okawara's version of the story. And he was the first person to, like, open a KFC in Japan. So after visiting a KFC test store at the 1970 World Expo in Osaka, the young entrepreneur Okawara was smitten by the late-stage success of the company's founder, Harlan Sanders. He was a very re- restless businessman himself, and he was kind of humbled by this jovial american who job hopped into his 196 uh, sorry into his 60s before hitting the big time with his first kfc location. And when a c- recruiter offered Okawara an administrative position, he declined and he opted instead to be the in-store manager of Japan's very first kfc. He basically wanted to see like how everything's done like from the the store level and so how to make the chicken himself from scratch and know the inner workings of the company that way. So kfc that Okawara opened was in Nagoya in the 1970 in 1970 and it ended up failing so miserably that Okawara was left almost homeless and he would sleep on sacks of flour in the kitchen to oh save my on God. rent. Oh. And the red and white striped roof and English signage basically confused people. They didn't really know what this store was selling and people thought it was like a barbershop maybe. But they like <laughs> couldn't figure out that there was like chicken. Yeah. But basically the one thing that kept him going was the taste of this fried chicken. And the more he ate, the more he became convinced that okay, this chicken could succeed. It could become a household name. This could become a, like a really big thing. So on the verge of defeat and giving up, Okawara's shot at redemption basically came from a nun at a nearby Catholic school he was hired to dress as (laughs) (laughs) Santa-san and hand out basically they asked him to cater a kindergarten Christmas party with fried chicken And knowing his business was on the line, he went above and beyond the call of duty. So he basically took on the spirit of, this jovial spirit of Colonel Sanders and Santa and wrapped it into one. And he started holding, like, the barrel of chicken and dancing around with the kids. And he was like, Kentucky Christmas, Kentucky Christmas, happy, happy. And basically made up a song and danced around. And the kids just liked it so much. And so then another elementary school hired him to do the same thing. And you kind of put it together that, like, Christmas could save KFC Japan. Nathan Hopson, professor of Japanese history at the University of Nagoya, says that by 1930, Christmas had been firmly entrenched in the Japanese psyche. And you'd get these ads that said okay the old man of the north like talking about like saint nicholas or santa families exchanging gifts and christmas eve was all about date nights and going to like dances and theater shows and basically the thing that was missing was like any kind of traditional western christmas food like they hadn't cracked that yet Mm -hmm. and so okawara ended up promoting fried chicken as the substitute for the traditional christmas turkey because like japan knew that the japanese knew that from like TV and movies that like oh you have this traditional Christmas feast at dinner and they didn't have turkeys like that's not something that they eat in Japan but he was like oh I could sell my fried chicken and the sides together in like a Christmas themed party pack or party barrel and decorate the stores Santa uh, Colonel Sanders statue like Santa and like really drum up business that way And so with word of the Christmas party barrels making their way across Japan, NHK, which is like the BBC or NPR of Japan, interviewed Okawara about, you know, the colonel and Japan and KFC for Christmas. Is that like an American thing? Um, Is that a common custom overseas? And because he didn't want to, like, turn down the opportunity to, like, promote everything, he was like, yeah, yeah, it is. And he said, basically, he still regretted it, but he was glad that, like, people liked it, because they thought it was, like, an American or European thing, and so it was, like, high tone, right? right? But it was really just him being, like, Christmas? Kentucky. (laughs) Like, what if I put fried chicken together? So he is basically just contrived by this one man, Okawara. I mean,
0: you know. Yeah. There were worse things that have been contrived for marketing. This one's fun. Right. This
1: one's fun. And so the Christmas... Right, I'm not mad at it at all. The Christmas promotion saved his business, and basically once KFC Japan was able to kind of recalibrate its business approach to the Japanese market, the chain ended up thriving, and by 1973, only three years after he opened the first one, they expanded to 75 locations across Japan, and then the Kurismasuniwa Kentucky, or Kentucky for Christmas promotion, ran at each and every one. And by 1986, there were 600 locations, and Okawara became the CEO of KFC Japan, and basically by then, this Kentucky for Christmas tradition was cemented. And, you know, because there was this lack of pre-existing Christmas traditions among the Japanese, and because Colonel Sanders kind of looks like Santa if you dress him up in red. Colonel Santa, yeah. basically filled this vacuum (laughs) of, (laughs) like, what... Like, of this need for Christmas dinner. And, like, a lot of the associations that Westerners have about fast food establishments, especially, like, KFC, didn't make it to Japan. So, basically, KFC was looked at as, like and other like family restaurants like Denny's and that kind of thing were seen as like trendy and hip but not fast and convenient like you could take a date to KFC and not be embarrassed like it doesn't have that same like why would you take someone to McDonald's on a date feeling so that also added to it because Christmas is kind of like like I said before it's like a date Event as well as like families, and so it's got this very like exotic and kind of romantic view for Japanese, and it, it just kind of fit in. And also, since Japanese homes maybe don't have like, depending on where you live, like especially in cities, don't have large kitchens and stuff, takeout just makes sense for the holiday. Yeah. And so, it's like everyone was able to still celebrate and have fun. And basically, in Japan, eating fried chicken is what makes Christmas feel like Christmas so i'm here for it we had a kentucky fried christmas party in japanese club in high school and that was really fun
0: we should when it's safe to gather again we should have a kentucky fried christmas party with with a kagatia we'll have like melting pot christmas where we just pick and choose all of our favorite christmas traditions oh my god that'd be so So much fun we smoosh them together so we get the poop log and we make them poop out candy we have okay, Christmas twenty twenty one. Yeah. let's have a mashup Christmas party. Yes, Christmas twenty twenty one is mashup Christmas. You heard it here first. You folks. Heard it here we'll first, tie folks. the table legs together, yes. check for public style. <laughs> 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 uh, we'll all get like we'll wear our newest clothes for the Yule Cat. Right. She won't be okay. mad. Yeah. We'll bake a cake. <laughs>
1: let's It'll be do good. It.
0: I love it. So hmm. What else should we include in Melting Pot Christmas? Thinking about different things we yeah, can do. Yeah, right? We'll put out a colander to ward off the Cali consaroy. Yes. So that they have to count the little holes.
1: I'll I'll make little Yule Lads out of, like, paper crafts and stuff. <gasps> yes! Yeah. we we'll get
0: little paper craft Yule Lads. And we can do, like, a scavenger hunt where you try yeah. to find all 13 of them. Right? So, like, split into teams and however many five find. Maybe be- we put, like...
1: Kind of, of like candy. Elf on the Shelf, where you, like, make, yeah. make them do things, so you'll have I'll make one that's, like, licking a spoon.
0: <laughs> yes, and one that's just, like, sucking at milk, like he's got a little, little milk carton. <laughs> <laughs> what are your suggestions for Melting Pot Christmas, Spooping Tins? What of all of the weird Christmas stuff we have talked about over the past three years... I think this is now our fourth Christmas episode.
1: I think so, yeah. Yeah, so. Well, because it's like our third Christmas all around, but we've talked a lot about holiday things, like, we all have. over the place.
0: So we got a, what, what Christmas traditions have you learned about on this podcast that you want us to incorporate into melting pot Christmas next year? Because mm. um, uh, obviously Kentucky Fried Christmas, hundred percent, Hondo absolutely. P, absolutely,
1: Hondo P. But no see, now I like out. even thinking about this week. I'm like, fuck, I'm getting KFC this week, <laughs> right? I know. I, as you
0: were talking, I was like, man, I really want fried I really chicken. Want KFC, <laughs> all of a sudden, yeah, I just need that fried uh, chicken. Mm. Maybe I'll get some fried chicken tomorrow. I have a doctor's appointment, mm. so on my way back from my doctor's appointment, I can get fried chicken of
1: some yes. sort. Yes. <laughs> mm. uh, Anyway, anyway.
0: <laughs> thanks for listening, Spoopingtons. We hope you have a safe and warm Christmas. If you're celebrating Christmas, we hope you have a safe and warm what Friday. If you're not celebrating Christmas, yeah, is it Friday.
1: I think it, I think Christmas yeah, is Friday this year. Yeah. And yeah. you know that you're having a good week, and the year is yeah. winding down. Don't dwell too much on what could have been this year, but mm-hmm. think about what you did accomplish. And even if your accomplishment is I survived 2020, that's great. Major. That's you huge. Did great. You did Gold it. Star for you. Yeah. So yeah. we're happy that you're here. We're happy you listened to us. Thank you so much for your support throughout the year. Um, we really appreciate it. I, yeah. I,
0: I, I, so I had. Oh wait, hers. this is.
1: Oh wait, this is not our last episode for 2020.
0: No, but it's we have coming one up. more yeah, after one this. more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I had heard of Kagatio before because the Believer Skeptic podcast our pod friends, uh, mm-hmm. they did an episode on it. The first, their first Christmas episode yeah, so years ago and I remember hearing about it and being like oh man I should look into this and we should talk about it on Spoop Hour but because of the kind of person I am I live in fear of people being like you're plagiarizing not a podcast which is ridiculous because like there's only so much paranormal stuff like obviously there's going to be overlap and so I waited for four Christmas episodes and only just now (laughs) busted out Cagatio and it's so much more magical than I ever could have hoped. It's
1: amazing.
0: So I look forward to celebrating it with your children. We're just going to make him poop out all the candies. Make also, him... I like the detail of you put a herring under there. So they smell something and they're like, oops, somebody's whoops. been
1: pooping. Somebody pooped. <laughs> we got oh, a
0: pooper. It's, it's magical. If you've ever had a Cagatillo, please email spoopartgmail.com. at gmail.com And tell questions. us how amazing it was because I just want to hear about it. So, yeah, pour yourself a glass of eggnog if you like eggnog. Eat a Christmas tree cake if you have them. Just hang in there. Enjoy. Treat yourself. Get some rest. We love you. We sure do. Marry everything.